Tom. Parshas Kisisa at the beginning of the Sedra have uh, various uh, discussions relating to things in terms of construction of Mishkan. Picking up from the previous Sedra, Truman Tetzava, the more famous part of Parshas Kisisa, which is about the Egal Azov and the aftermath, that's a little later in the Sedra. At the beginning, you have some things related to the Mishkan, including the manufacturing or the making of the Shemen HaMishkan, the anointing oil. So it lists various ingredients which go into the Shemen HaMishkan. And one of the first one mentioned is called Mar Doror. Mar Doror. What exactly is Mar Doror? Actually, there are two different uh, interpretations that we've shown what exactly is meant by Mar Doror. Some, uh, Ibn Ezra, for example, on that Pesach, it's most paraclamic Pesach of Zion, uh, Ibn Ezra interprets Mar Doror as something which comes from an animal. It's called musk, which I think people make uh, aftershave lotion, whatever, or perfumes out of musk, which makes sense to put in the Shem and Amishko. And that's how the Ramah also writes, in Hilchus Klei Amikdash, Parakalaf, Halacha Gimel, the Ramah also writes that Mar Doror is uh, something called musk. Um, other interpretations, the Ramban, for example, here in the Chumash, and the Ravid there in that Ramban, or Vachia, understand that Marjor is what we call myrrh, M-Y-R-R-H, which is also a fragrant, uh, it's a plant derivative. The difference between the one is an animal derivative, musk is an animal derivative, which opens the whole question, it's not a kosher animal, so uh, how do you have things that are non-kosher animal? I thought you need that Amuta Beficha, right, that things reduced from mitzvahs is supposed to come from items which are kosher. Okay, there are a number of answers to that, that's a shear for a different time. But according to these, some were shown him, um, more drawer was, uh, came from an animal, and others came, came from her. Okay, it was a plant derivative. Aldera Hadrush, the Gemara and Chulan, since we're within now 30 days of Purim, so the Gemara and Chulan, the Kuflam and Tes, raised the question where is the Remez in the Chumish from Mordechai? It's about Haman, it's about Esther, but where is the Remez in the Chumish from Mordechai? So they quote this Pasuk, Mar Doror. What's Mar Doror? Because the Targum of Mar Doror is Meira Dachya. Meira Dachya. Right, that sounds like Mordechai. That's a remez. Just a remez. Obviously, Mordechai is not in the Chumash. But you have a remez. Remez to Meridachai is a remez to Mordechai. What's the remez exactly? What does it mean? Could you have an Aramaic translation, which sounds a little bit like Mordechai? What's the translation? So Rashi explains over there that uh, that uh, the Mordechai was the first of the ingredients listed in the Shemana Mishra, the first of the ingredients. And Mordechai, in his time, was the first of the tzaddikim, the greatest of the leaders of his generation, the greatest tzaddikim, greatest of the tzaddikim in his generation. So just like Mordechai is first, Mordechai is first. That's how the Rashi writes, the Mordechai writes like that, others over there in Chulam. However, again, Alderach Hadrush, the Kedush of Levi, makes an interesting comment, and he says that the uh, Purim story was the first of the Geulas, the first of the Geulas, saved life and life, you know, death to life, it was the first of the gulas, or the, you know, uh, after the time, so to speak, the first gula was the story of Purim, and it led to the building of the second base, Amikdash, and so on, which uh, paved the way for other gulas. Not just like Mordechai was the first ingredient for the Shema Mishra, so Mordechai represented not Mordechai the person, but the Purim story was the first of the gulas, and so on. In what way is it the first of the gulas? So it's interesting, the Gemara Megillah, Dav Zion, records, it wasn't just a simple decision when they decided to make a holiday of Purim, they didn't just snap their fingers and say, okay, we'll make a holiday of Purim. Can't do that, you're not allowed to add on to what says in the Torah and so on. You had to have reasons why there was an opportunity. Esther said, Kisruni Ladoris, she wants this Megillah Festa to be incorporated into the Kisra Kodesh, and Kivuni Ladoris, the holiday should be observed for all Doris and so on. So that required some sort of discussion. And according to some, uh, there are people who objected to it. Why? Because uh, we don't make new Yom and Tovim in the absence of the Beis Hamikdash. In the time of the second Beis Hamikdash, there were a whole bunch of mini Yom and Tovim, which were listed in a book called Megillah's Tainus. 
Warren Shabbos, it talks about Megillus Tainus. Megillus Tainus is a scroll. The Warren Rosh Hashanah uh, elaborates on what some of these holidays were. They were holidays when things were fixed. Most of them, some type of battle that was won that helped strengthen the base of Mikdash, or some items uh, were broken or something got fixed, and they declared many of them tovim. Not really of them tovim. There's no Issa but these are days you weren't allowed to fast. That's why it's called Megillus Tainus, the scroll of fasts, where they're not allowed to fast on these days because there's a little bit of a joyous atmosphere to these days. The modern-day uh, parallel would be, you wouldn't say Tachanan. Right? The day wouldn't say Tachanan. Something happened, something positive happened. And so these days, uh, we don't fast, we don't have this faith and, and so on. And uh, on these days, because of Megillus Tainus, something positive happened in terms of the Beis Hamikdash, in terms of Klai Yisrael, that strengthened the Beis Hamikdash. So that was his book, Megillus Tainus. Rashi hints there in Shabbos that Megillus Tainus was the first piece of Torah Shabbat Pet to be written down. It was the first, I think, I forgot what topic it is exactly, the Gilman maybe were the first, the first piece of Torah Pet to be written down was, was, was Megillus Tainus. It's available. It, it actually is arranged by months. So it mentions in each month, starting with the beginning of Nisan, Yisrael, and so on and so forth, mentions each month what days you're not supposed to fast. So the Gemara concludes after some discussion in Rosh Hashanah that Botla Megillus Tainus. And we don't have any of these days anymore. We don't observe any of these days anymore. Why? Because if they all had something to do with building a base of Mikdash, so it seems silly. How are you going to celebrate something? They fix something in the base of Mikdash? What base of Mikdash? There's no more base of Mikdash. So we assume for most purposes, Botla Megillus Tainus. The only thing of Megillus Tainus that survived that we continue to observe today is Purim is mentioned in Megillus Tainus, and so is Hanukkah. No, that survives. That's the exception to the rule. But Butler, generally speaking, Butler Megillus Tainus. But in any event, the Prichadosh is in Orachim Simtov Tzadivov, Sukkot Beis, the Osiodala, uh, the Prichadosh says, you're not allowed to make a new holiday in the absence of Beis HaMikdash. When they talked about establishing Yom Smut, that was a discussion that came up. But anyway, Prichadosh said, you're not allowed to make a, not allowed to make a holiday in the absence of the Beis HaMikdash. However, many assume that if something is done as a step towards the building of the Beis HaMikdash, then it's permissible, even in the absence of Beis a step towards. That's how the Nesivas, Yaakov Lorberbaum is well known for, yeah, wrote many swarms. The most famous, or he's known as the Nesivas, the Nesivas HaMishpat. We have other swarms, also there are other swarms, but the Nesivas HaMishpat has a commentary on Megillus Esther called Megillus Storim. It's printed in, I don't know, the new editions, but the old editions in the Kroos it's printed on a page. So the Megillah Storm writes in Megillah Esther, Perak Test, Prosecute Test, when he established Purim, he said the reason they were allowed to establish a new holiday is because we felt that this was going to be a step towards the building of the base. Otherwise, there would be an issue. However, now everyone agrees, not everyone agrees with this. The Stechemed, Stechemed is an encyclopedic work. Chizkid um, Medini wrote uh, uh, in the 1800s uh, sort of encyclopedia of, before the Talmud, before the encyclopedia Talmud, had the Stechemed. He has shots topics, you know, in the order of the olive base. He goes through a couple times, some are by letters, and by topics. Anyway, the Sechemed quotes those who disagree. The Mogan of Rome, in Simon Tofresh Pahei, in Simon Cotton Vov, said, the quotes from the Chuba and the Maram al Shachar, Simon Memtes, who says that it's not true, you can establish, maybe for all of Klaus, so you can't establish a holiday unless they come to the base of Mikdash. But private people, private families, private communities to go ahead to establish a day, like a, a mini yontif, so to speak, such a day, even in the absence of the base of Mikdash. Chayodim brings this as well. He cites the Yam Shoshlomo and Babakama, Eric Zainalach, Simon Lamed Zain, the famous Yam Shoshlomo, because he discusses there what's considered a Sudas Mitzvah, what's considered, you know, uh, he talks about Pidyan Aben and uh, all kinds of different inyanim. Uh, so the Mogan Avram, I think, time is that the pre, uh, not the Mogan Avram, I mean the Chayodam, Sim Kuf Nun Hei, Sif Memala, time is that had the Prichodesh, maybe didn't see the Yam Shoshom, but it wasn't printed in this time. But you're allowed to establish holidays, 
for personal salvation. A family, a, a, a group of people, a community that underwent some kind of a tragedy and they recovered from it, they're allowed to celebrate. And it's called, like it's usually referred to as a mini Purim. A mini Purim, the Surah would be a Surah's Mitzvah. So a number of people, the Chayodim writes that he himself, Chayodim writes over there that he himself and his family celebrate apparently with some fire, it was dangerous and so on, and they survived the fire. And so therefore every day, on the, the day of, every year on the day of that salvation, they established a, a family practice to have some sort of a Surah's Hadar based on that, uh, that Yom Shoshoma, they considered to be a Surah's Mitzvah. So you have Purim, uh, and he mentions also the Rambam. The Rambam did such a thing. Okay, the Rambam found the scroll of the Sefer Torah, which apparently was written by Ezra Sofer himself, and that's how the Rambam modeled his uh, structure of the Sefer Torah after that, and so on, and he rejoiced so much. I think it might have been Chavches Iyar, uh, that we celebrate today's Yom Yishalayim. I think that's one of those. I'm not positive about that. But uh, in any event, so the Rambam also celebrated every year on the day that he had this uh, wonderful experience to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But a number of families, a number of communities, there's such a thing called Purim Frankfurt, Okay, because something happened in the community there. The number of these different Purims have nothing to do with our Purim, but it's modeled after Purim. That's what we said at the beginning. This was the first. Maybe that's what the Kedusha's lady had in mind. This was the first of those dates, of those holidays that we observed, some sort of a salvation pioneered it paved the way for other holidays to be observed. Some so far also writes in the Chubah, Chelek HaRachayin Sin Kuf Samach Gimel, also writes that can do this, and he quotes his Rebbe, the Chams, one of the Chams, his name was Rabnas and Adler, and he says his Rebbe had some sort of a salvation on a certain day, and the Chams, as his Talmud also uh, uh, continues to observe it, the Chidor writes uh, that, uh, I think it's the Chidor brings the Rambam story, Chidor in the Shem HaGadolim, Chidor wrote, Chidor wrote many, many songs, one of the songs called Shem HaGadolim, he has two, two sections, there's, uh, there's uh, List of all the gedolim up until his time. He has a little paragraph of each one, and then he has list of Marachas gedolim, Marachas swarm, two parts of the Sefer Shema gedolim. So in the entry in the Ravadi Bartanur, he writes the story with the Rambam and Psalms. So the great, great Achron, the Chayodam, the Chidor, some Sofer understood that this was permissible. The only thing is that some Sofer said that the proper thing is, if you're going to have such a celebration, make a Siyam at the celebration. So then it becomes a Sudas Mitzvah, the Cholades. That's how the Amshon Shoma writes it. You have a Siyam. See a sect or see him something else significant can make a, such a celebration. In any event, it's okay to celebrate a joyous, joyous event. Then there's discussion, maybe in detail another time, celebrating birthdays. The Ben and others talk about celebrating birthdays. Okay, so certainly uh, when you reach, let's say, the age of 60, some Machonim say they should celebrate because it means you escape chorus. More indicates the chorus is until the age of 60. The others say 70 should make such a celebration. So we find the Dole Torah celebrated these birthdays. Again, they made a siyam, they made it into a Sudas Mitzvah, and all this is based on the idea that Purim became the first of those holidays that Chazal, so to speak, approved. So here we don't have the authority to establish holidays for all of Chal Yisrael, but individual families, individual communities have the right to do that. Okay. Have a good day. What?